Hi, my name is Hans Peter Meyer, and I'm the host of the Men's Work Podcast, where you'll find interviews with men and with women. You'll find yoga classes, you'll find reflections, you'll find a lot of material to hopefully help you move through the tests that life has handed you end of marriage, loss of job, marital relationship stress, fatherhood, just being overwhelmed. It's a lot. So listen, if you need to talk, I've got no charge mini coaching sessions at menswork.ca. Enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Hans Peter Meyer, and you are listening to another edition of the Men's Work Podcast. Today it's an open mic with me, and I'll be reading one of the things that I write. Uh, let's call this the dark moment of her quickening and maybe the dark or the bright moment of my ability to actually experience that. So every day I write something and I share it with a select group of mostly men, but women as well. Uh, I call it Uh, Meditations for the Sacred Masculine, uh, My Apprenticeship to Love. And uh, I, at some point, I'll be turning this into a a book. Right now, it's just uh, something I write out every morning and send out. And it starts with um, me receiving some things via email, via whatever, uh, that move me to think about some things that I'm going through. So I'm just going to read three of these to start with, and then I'll read what I wrote. And then whoever's on this call, or who's ever listening, um, I would love to hear not only your questions, but your comments or challenges to the things that I come up with. So one of the inspirations was a post about Imbolc. So Imbolc, and I'll explain that here. Imbolc marks the beginning of spring and the stirrings of new life in the Gaelic calendar. It is the quickening of the year. The original word Imbolc means in the belly. All is pregnant and expectant and only just visible, if at all, like the gentle curve of a just so showing pregnancy. It is the promise of renewal, of hidden potential, of earth awakening and life force stirring. Here is hope. We welcome the growth of the returning light and witness life's insatiable appetite for rebirth. And the second piece, called Undisturbed Clarity by Guru Singh and Guru Pakarmakar. Prior to verbal communication, when we're children, everything around around you was an extension of your existence. You were able to experience spaces with profound accuracy. This is the psychic power at the center of your senses. This is the power of oneness. With the introduction of language came objectification. Everything becomes an object separate from you. Your words constantly describing and analyzing it all in greatest detail. This produces the mental noise of disturbance, something you were not plagued by when you were nonverbal. Now your task is to reduce this noise of daily life, the noise that drowns out subtle signals from your intuitive higher awareness. These are the signals of hope and inspiration the signals of experiential accuracy, signals that give insight to the blind in a world filled with mystery. And the third inspirational quote comes from John Wineland. The conscious warrior practices the cultivation of wonder and awe. And this is what these things led to me today to write. And today is February the 2nd. In this dark, the dark moment of her quickening, I bow to her mystery 
and in bowing, I become the man that I love. All that stands between are words. When I sit in silence, I begin to hear the song of love holding everything. The world of words and concepts, such a tempting place for me to make it the arbiter of all. Here in my masculine lust for order and certitude, I meet the divine feminine in her otherness. And I meet that otherness with resistance, with a need to defend and to conquer with my words, my concepts. We have just moved through what could be an important moment, this moment of imbolc, a dark moon halfway through the astronomical winter here in the Northern Hemisphere. And I ask every man who listens to this, or who reads this, how is your body feeling here at the beginning of February in this dark moon? Astrologically, this new moon lies in Aquarius calling for new energy and innovation. In the Gaelic calendar, Imbolc, the beginning of the stirrings of spring, the, the quickening of the year, all is pregnant and expectant, as my friend Megan Curzons wrote, and we witness life's insatiable appetite for rebirth. And again, as a man going through this, how is your body feeling in this moment? We may, as masculine identified men, feel some of this stirring. We may, if we are strong enough and confident enough in our feminine, we may allow the stirring to move through our bodies without resisting it and without forcing it into the words and concepts with which we are familiar. This is a moment in the calendar and in our bodies that is both familiar, it is seasonal, returning annually. And it is also strange to us with portents of the feminine mystery, the magic of conception, quickening, birth, nourishment, all of which are beyond our male experiential bodies. Nevertheless, I can feel a little bit of it as I walk in the forest and in my garden. Not just yesterday when the sun pricked the brilliant red of the witch hazel's announcement of the bouquet to come. No, I also feel it in the dark forest. There, the green haze of huckleberry hovers below the fog-drenched crowns of the fir trees, soon to become a blush of pink, brightening the forest gray, but I also feel it in my body. And it is, this is what I practice for, to feel these subtle shifts, my heart swelling to include it all without any reasonable knowing, all of me, all of this, an echo of the pregnant pause that is the divine feminine. My words only hint at what is unfolding. My body feels it. And I am just, I am become just wise enough to listen beyond my words. Because here is the magic, her mystery. For a moment, I am willing to put down my defenses and my need to make things reasonable. And I allow myself to be held by her spells and her cycles and her wisdom beyond words. So I practice and I still myself. And for a moment, the separation between dissolves and I experience it all, the trees, the wind, you, me, the woman I love. This is the dark moment of quickening and I practice so that I can feel it. So thank you for listening to that. And um, I know that Jason, you're writing stuff almost every day. I don't know if any of this connects with what you're writing. Brandon, I know that you 
are going through some pretty deep shit yourself right now. So um, if you have anything to say or any questions or your own writing that you want to read about this time in your life or this moment in the calendar year, um, you're welcome to do that. I find it interesting. You, you asked a few times, how does your body- Can I, I can't really hear you, uh, Brandon. Uh-oh, I think it's an audio setting. Can you hear me now? You're still pretty quiet. something wrong with my audio and i'm not sure what it is how about now I'm working at i'm working at being more sensitive but my hearing maybe my hearing is not not responding <laughs> no there's something wrong can you hear me now yeah it's better yeah okay i don't know what's going on but you kept asking like how does your body feel and i have felt i'm going to use the word dense but when I say that word, I mean, I feel quite grounded in my body the last few days, today anyway. So I find that interesting because generally any moon type things that are going on, I do feel very intensely. And we talked yesterday and I've definitely had some stirrings, definitely had some stirrings. So I find it fascinating that my body feels Dense is the word. I'm not sure what that means, but that's what it, I feel. Yet there is a inner waiting, an inner knowing there's change happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to still, I'm able to sit in that stillness and uncomfortable rebirth. There's some kind of rebirth going on. So I find it interesting that you're, you're speaking to those things. Well, that, that makes sense, given what you've been telling me, you know, um, so I don't, I mean, you, you actually did choose, like six months ago, you actually chose January as a time to basically go through, it's interesting, because I'm doing this work on, on, um, on ritual and ceremony, and so, you know, one of the one of the writers about ritual divides it into three parts. There's separation from where you, from where we were. Then there's the transition into what we, we become. And then there is the, that next stage, that, that integration into the next stage. So you, I guess how I would think about what, you know, what you've described to me is that the last, six or seven months you've been going through preparation for the separation and you had set this time of year i don't know if you know anything about imbolc or you know the first the i think it's the second uh, new moon of the year all that kind of stuff but you chose that as a time to to do a ritual around basically a separation ritual and you were very explicit without without naming all those things you were very explicit about saying this is about letting go of the past and you were also as we've talked similar since then about not being sure about like so what does this what are you transitioning into i mean you have some hopes and some dreams and stuff like that but you're also really aware that some of that is still like that you're in the process of discarding lots of what that is. Um, so I think that's really fitting. It, it is, it is. And there's something that came up today, Hans, is this, I think it's this day, my Oracle in that relationship said, February, I'm, I'm fairly certain she said the second, 2022, there's something about that date and I don't know what it is. It might have been the 12th, it might have been something, but it's just, I remember this month she had a specific day and she's like, I don't know what that means. Huh. So it's funny that we sit here <laughs> on this day with this subject. I find that very interesting. Well, as you're talking, I just realized that February 2nd is a really big day in my calendar that I've forgotten. Um, 
February 2nd was basically the, it was the day that my first wife kicked me out of the house. <laughs> and for a long time, that was a hard date. And then uh, until, until I was, and then I went through a difficult transition and then I transitioned into something. And then I saw that date as basically the date of release and rebirth. Now, the irony is, is that my second wife, she kicked her husband out on February the 2nd, the same year, the same day as my wife kicked me out of the house. <laughs> and I'd totally forgotten that. So thank you. Um, yeah. It's a very auspicious day. <laughs> Jason. Yes. Any thoughts or things to share? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you're just talking about transition and um, you said the word preparation, which made me think of, I don't even know where I, I came across the quote. I think I saw it on a silly video, but uh, not so silly, but a, a gentleman just said something about uh, one of the factors of success is preparation when preparation meets opportunity. And um, I thought a lot about just that line in particular for myself because I know um, I do a lot of things for myself to uh, create opportunity through my own preparations and, and being skilled and ready for the moment and, and, um, and being a dance instructor for many years there was all kinds of preparation that came before the actual um, act of teaching a class and, and anything that came with that kind of opportunity and um, when Brandon said he was feeling a little heavy and dense at this time of the year it's uh, I can relate to that feeling on top of you know uh, feeling like I, I know I'm preparing for something I just don't know what but as we get through this colder grayer time and in, in our part of the world you come out into uh, more days of blue sky and um, just a little bit brighter um, future ahead of us as far as weather goes. My, my body tends to follow that, that pattern of just being a little bit more, I guess, um, stationary and just, I, I can grind down on things that take more concentration and less doing at this time of the year and as you know I've been going um, into the water every day and you asked me to um, notice not just my thoughts of those brighter days that are ahead but the, the gray vastness darkness of those moments when I'm down there when it's not so nice and I'm still doing my thing and well this morning I was down there doing my breath work and it was snowing <laughs> February 2nd getting some snow and uh, the few half a centimeter we got I pretty much spent 90% of that time that it was snowing sitting outside in it in my shorts and no shirt prepping with some breath work to go into the water and I think that heaviness of my body that that leaves for those moments when, before I go into the water and while we all know how water can make you feel weightless and I definitely um I enjoy that that part of entering the water every day not just the refreshment but the the weight it takes off of feeling you know like a whole human you just kind of get to float there in your mind and your body doesn't have to do anything because you're being you're being held in this anti-gravity liquid yeah i i it's hard for me to describe what i'm learning from it because it's so fresh for me but it's definitely um an amazing experience so far doing the, the water every day well, I think that's, you know, that the, um, that place of not having words and not having concepts is, I think, 
like for me now it's how can i how can i how long can i stay in that place how long can i stay in that place of being open without starting to categorize it because as soon as i start to put words to it it changes and i lose things and i really think that you know part of my work is to sit without understanding for as long as i can a friend of mine who um knows a lot more well i know nothing about ayurvedic stuff basically but so i talked to this woman occasionally and and she was talking about and this is what you know part of what made me think about um paying more attention to the phases of the moon and those kinds of things because there's a whole tradition in our all of our cultures and it's a woman's tradition almost exclusively of paying attention to the moon and those cycles and how they what they mean for us and women generally are, are more more closely attuned to those kind of cycles partly because of their their body and their own how the you know their own reproductive systems and how that is, is affected by the moon but i started to think about what what am i missing you know like what you talked about density um there's another side to density which is the not feeling so there's the feeling of density that that you've got at this time which is kind of appropriate you know and then there's the density of of not feeling which is part of our male training of like not we have we have thicker skin we have less nerve endings we have more musculature we're just um even on, on that kind of gross physical level we are less sensitive so it takes a lot of practice and and the, you know cold the cold water stuff that, that both of you are doing sitting outside in the snow you know those are all ways to like wake our body up to actually feel more and to and to start reconnecting our intuitive capacity you know like the passage from guru singh where he talks about you know that that pre-verbal part of our lives where we're feeling stuff that we don't we don't know how to think about it we just feel it and later on in our lives sometimes we get these glimmers of like something there's i know something without knowing it and that's so some of the practices we do in particular particularly yogic practices are, are really about tuning our body into paying attention to that stuff and so one of the things for me is you know the women i meet they most of them feel the moon somehow what do i have to do to start feeling the moon and i think it starts by paying attention to the kind of stuff we're just talking about like oh well right now i feel like like this so well, that's interesting you know like what happens next week <clears throat> also my my ayurvedic friend my yogic friend made a um you know we we think about spring a lot about it all being sh like a show but there's still so much root work and i don't know if you guys are gardeners at all but like right now it looks like it's dead out there but it's alive it's just happening in a place that i don't see it i can't smell it i can't even i mean the witch hazel right now is starting to and there's a couple of other things but pretty much everything else is still but I know, because I talk to people, that actually the garden is like just going crazy right now. It's just all where I can't see it. So I think it's the same for us, you know? Uh, and if we're not paying attention, then we're kind of, I'm surprised, you know, all of a sudden it'll be like, wow, like something's happened. But it's been happening all this time. And one of the reasons that I, need to slow down and why you know a lot of what i practice is about slowing down is to start noticing this stuff and start to start feeling it 
and not thinking it. And that's hard. I, I, like I said earlier, like I want to turn everything into words. I want everything to be reasonable, comprehensible. And when I go out, like there's something with me and Ravens and I had a, you know, a young witchy woman talk to me about it, but it makes no sense. I just know that when I'm out there, they're talking to me and I just need to sit and take it in. You know what I find interesting about what you're sharing, Hans, is I agree. You know, we have enough conversations about, around that and the trying to put words to your experience is not always necessary. In fact, it's necessary less than we think. But I believe that as men, we've been shown or taught or however you want to put it, that it is very masculine to understand everything. I am finding what you're talking about, understanding that root work within ourselves and that ability to just be okay with what's going on and not put words to things is far more masculine far more masculine to be able to sit in that stillness because in my opinion the words part of that is trying to control everything which we it's that's an illusion it's a complete illusion so if there's true strength in being able to be still and not know what's going on i believe in, in my journey in the last year and i see it now and when men just want to explain or want to understand, I have to put words to whatever this thing is. But why? Like that'd be my question: Is why? Is it fear of not being feeling in control? Is it I tie my masculinity to being able to understand, and I'm less than a man if I can't understand what's happening? I'm not. I'm not certain, but. There's something to it. So you just made me think of um, a scenario to wrap around that kind of idea of not, we, we go through something, do we be still and we just experience, but say the average guy, we, we do that for part of our day and no need to explain, but you come home to your lover and she asks you, what'd you do today? So now you're put in a place where you have to maybe try and put words to some kind of something, whatever happened for you that day. What do you say? What do you say? Or, or is that a feminine test? Yeah. Does she really want to? Does she really want to know what you did in your day, or is she testing you to see if you can change the energy? Because one one perspective could be she's just trying to—I don't want to say control—but she's trying to throw you off balance. It's like, oh, I see you're still. I see you're not in your head. Test. I'm going to try to put you back in your head. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Hans? Uh, I would go with that. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, I, I, I would, when a woman asks me how my day was, either, like, she's, all, she's either testing me to say, like, I don't want you in your head, so show up in a different way, or we are so depolarized that she's actually wanting to connect with me in that head way. And then, and that can be nice. But then I'm in that head place with her, which isn't very juicy and it's, it's fucked. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine lots of time, but, but I would agree with you, Brandon. I, I think what she's really wanting is like some kind of something deeper, something that makes no sense, but that makes her feel alive. Alive and, and, 
with your with your day like your day is no it's nothing to do with the day but i think partly what you said too that she's looking to connect Mm -hmm. but from almost a masculine place right so yeah how could we as men like help her soften in that moment and feel connected to us i don't really know what the answer is but well i mean one of the things that both john wineland and david data talk a lot about is um, you know, tussling, and that doesn't have to be physical tussling, but the play that can go on to polarize again, right? So, so it might, you know, I don't know about your, I can't speak to your situation, Jason, but you know, in my situation, or in my last situation, I don't think she ever asked me how my day was, because it was really not interesting to her. But I would offer that up thinking like that, oh, you must be interested in my day. <laughs> uh, and I would ask her that question too, partly because I was so disconnected from who I was that all I could think about was that kind of stuff. Whereas what she really wanted me to do was probably just shut up and grab her and hold her and you know, maybe spank her ass, maybe give her a foot massage, maybe... Uh, take her for a walk. I don't know, but it wasn't, it certainly wasn't like hearing about my day. Yeah. You know, at some level, like that would be like, in terms of like zero to hundred percent interest, that would be like a 20% interest. Yeah. If she meant, if she brought that up, it would be just because she was so bored with me that, that she would be, te- she would be testing me. Now that was my situation. I'm not saying that's your situation. But I'd like you to think about that as like, how can you respond in a way that would actually polarize her so that she, she feels like, like a woman, like she just feels like she's like, she, you're, you're like so masked. If she feels, if you come into there being still, and if she said that to you and you just looked at her with a look that said, and didn't say anything, maybe you, maybe you growled at her or something like that. Like, that would, be, that would be different than than telling her about the last haircut you gave. Oh, and man, probably a lot more polarizing. I mean, it might not be the right thing, but I don't know. Well, I, I, had that, I had that in my relationship. I would literally growl at her. Like, Holy <laughs> shit. We, I mean, we both would light up. Just light up. But I was even thinking, like you said, tussle. Like, how fun would it be to come home and she asks you how your day is and, and your response as well. I spent my whole day thinking of all the different ways I'm going to make love to you tonight. Like how playful, I think the playfulness is something we, I read that somewhere, maybe it's something you posted Hans, but I know for me, like 2022, I want to find my playfulness again for me, but it's fun. It should be fun. And if we're in our heads, it's kind of hard to be playful. Yeah, just to clarify, my current situation is not like that. But my pa- I've had past relationships. It's like, yeah, come home from work. Oh, how was your day? Like, you know, I don't even know what to say because my day was the same as it was every other fucking day when I'm not here. <laughs> but I think it's a good topic, right? It's a good like. Oh, it's a. Nice. This is why I brought it up because it's a very relatable, I think, uh, scenario that a lot of relationships oh, have. Right. You know just like you've been away from each other all day you reconnect back in physical presence of each other and so yeah what's going on (laughs) or a question like what'd you do today just to kind of open things up but as we know it's there's a lot more than just what you the question that was said it's 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 about a lot of other things my new default's going to be the growl I love that. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Gotta practice my growl later. <laughs> well, there's a good one. Like, practice your growling. Uh, yeah. Practice other kinds of animal noises. <laughs> well, in, in the men's group I was in, we would do th- not not with the intent of seducing our partner, but we would tap into that beast energy we all have inside of us. And when you get 12 men just on zoom it's even better in person like doing that there's just energy that just builds 
it just builds inside of you and you're like oh I feel so alive it's really hard to not show up with your partner anywhere in life and not have that so there's like we were joking about practicing but there's actually it's a great practice in my opinion okay you growl I'll growl you growl <laughs> and then we'll all growl together okay ready Brandon growl Okay, my turn. Jason? Okay, all three of us together at the count of three. One, two, three. Uh, this is way better than Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm thinking about, you know, what moved me to write today was this idea about the pre-verbal, the idea about this season of quickening, things happening that we don't really see. How can I train my body to be more vulnerable, more sensitive to those things? And then, and it's one of the, so John Wineland has 11 precepts, but this one I particularly like, the one about cultivating wonder and awe. And I guess, <clears throat> and thank you for that, Jason, because I'm, I'm thinking about this now. It's like, you know, the next time I see her, what do I do to cultivate wonder and awe in my experience of her? I can play it safe, and I pretty much know what's going to happen. And it's not satisfying for me and it's not satisfying for her. In fact, mostly what I get from her is I'm not satisfied. Like I want something. And the idea of, of growling or of somehow going into that deeper place, that's that I can see it. I mean, I can, I can look at her and I can, there's stuff happening. And there is this kind of pregnant pause. You know, she's not pregnant. She, there's a, but there is this sense of there's something happening. I can't put words to it. What I, what I want to do is find some way of calling it out, bringing it, appreciating it. Uh, you know, yeah, holding space for it, but not just in that deep silence, which is, I believe is necessary. And thank you for, I, I too feel like that the, what the words are is usually in my case, they're a kind of desperate attempt to deal with the overwhelming fear that I have when I, I can sense her darkness, her mystery, and I have no fucking clue on how to, what to do with it. And um, so this idea of, of the tussle or somehow non-verbally engaging her non-verbal in a, in a way that, 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 that increases the polarity so that it's not about I mean, a lot of what we talk about, or a lot of where things go is about sex, but it's not about sex. It's about, I mean, that's part of it, but it's about, for me, this, this place of wonder and awe of like, holy fuck. Like there's so much more here. And I've spent so much time focusing on your tits and your ass and your pussy or something like that, that I missed all of this other stuff that is actually here to take me deeper um, then I, then I even know what anything's about. So, so I just trying to stumble around with these ideas about the seasons and uh, the pre-verbal and as a way like of pre-verbal, I think the pre-verbal is so important. It is so important. Um, because in my, well, I think we probably all agree on this is 
and I have kids, so I, I've watched it tons, and then you've got kids too, and even reflecting on myself and my journey, like we're so innocent pre-verbal. We just are, we're just being, we're just being, we're just existing. And then with words and, and, and ideas and beliefs, we become detached from who we were pre-verbal. We stopped being and we started doing, in my opinion. And then if we're lucky, we get to a place in life where we realize we're just doing and we try to get back to that being or that pre-verbal presence of who we were or who we actually who we are at our core and our essence because that's where in my opinion life is supposed to be lived you know and if a man or a woman or anybody can do that work to reconnect with that part of ourselves there's times like you, you were alluding to in relationship. It's words are important, but the energy behind how we show up way more important and how, in my opinion, how we access that is getting more in touch with that pre verbal version of ourselves. Cause that's who we are. And I think it's a challenge for men because we try to, we have to explain what's happening. Why? Like, why do you have to explain it? Why do you have to explain what being feels like? It's like, well, that's just what you do. It's like, well, why? And I think if like, for me, Hans, you're very familiar with my journey and it's like, I'm just trying to slow down even more and more and more and more and more. And in that space, I'm like, <clears throat> things become clearer on one hand, but at the same time, they become more unknown. I don't know if that actually makes sense, but that's my, that's my experience right now. I'm become clearer and I also, there's more unknown happening at the same time. And I think that's that pre-verbal just being. I think I've, I'm, doing my best to tap into that without trying to overthink the, the experience. I like that. <clears throat> I mean, it's like the more I know, the more I know I don't know. And be and being okay with that, and then and then being excited I, by that. That I'm not quite there. <laughs> <laughs> Working on that part. Well, you know, I, I think that that's the. I don't, you know maybe that's the edge. It's like there's always always more unknown. And there's like oh now I'm okay with that unknown. Oh, but there's more. Holy shit! Oh, now I'm okay. With, oh, there's there's more. You know, and I, I'm grateful that I, that I um, have a lot of space in my life because I, you know, so the woman I love, I see her, you know, sometimes I'll see her a couple times a week. Sometimes I won't see her for weeks. Sometimes I'll talk to her every week and sometimes I don't talk to her for a while. And so I have space to get really uncomfortable. Like, fuck, I just, you know, the silence and the empty space sometimes just like I want some kind of certainty and I will find myself, you know, creating stories and all kinds of stuff to, to make sense of this. And, and inevitably I come back to this and it's actually one of the reasons why I, I, I like this idea of that. There's stuff happening and I have no clue what it is. I have to just trust it. And it's not only happening in the other person. In fact, this is the other thing that, that keeps coming back to me. Whatever is happening there, it's happening here. Like, and the more space I can give to that, instead of, and, and instead of having my impatience drive me to like, try to do things to move things faster, but in fact, 
trust that non-verbal, that non-doing, trust that dark underworld. Then all kinds of really beautiful things show up. But but I to go back to what you said, you know, I, I have to be slowed down enough to actually appreciate them. It's really important for me to. Um, I think a lot, so it's important for me to do things like chanting, particularly because chanting occupies my head in a way that doesn't let doesn't let words and thoughts form. Especially if I'm chanting in a language I don't understand. All I have are these sounds and the vibrations of those sounds and the rhythms of the, the sounds together. And it kind of empties me. And um, I do a lot of that. Yeah, it's slowing down is like so key, but try to tell it's it's funny I, I i've been thinking to reach out to this potential client again because he keeps saying i'm too busy to start working with you now i'm too busy i'm too busy i'm too busy and i'm like right and that's why we need to work together because we need to get you slowed down like right now yeah and i think it's a challenge for men to slow down for a few reasons society's like you're, you're only, you're only um, productive in society if you're busy all the time, number one. Number two, if we slow down, we have to face our shit because it comes up. And I think that's extremely unpleasant. We can all attest to that could be challenging, but that's also how you level up. So that stillness just it's uncomfortable. It's, it's a challenge for us as men in this society to like, it's okay if you don't do the 10 things on your list and you only get two things done, but we so equate our, how we help society by getting the list of 10 things done. And we put value on that versus who we are and how we show up that it's just so lopsided so lopsided and there's all these men that are unhappy and they can't understand it because i do all these things and i serve all these people I'm like you know i had a conversation with a man today and i'm like i i straight up asked him i'm like do you love yourself and he like he couldn't answer at first he couldn't answer because nobody's ever asked him that and then he's like no i don't but he's equating his life to, I do all these things and nobody around me is happy. Look at all the things I do. It's like, yeah, dude, you're doing too much. <laughs> and you're not putting your energy in the right places and he, he needs to slow down, but I, it's hard. It's, it can be hard. Um, but even when you're doing the work like you are Hans and you said the chanting helps like does because this the quiet's like scary quiet scary i think it is for me too because it's like oh shit i should be doing something shouldn't i but the longer i sit there it's like oh this is actually true power that's what i think anyway that's been my experience i feel more powerful when i can sit in those places longer and then growl at her. And then I feel super powerful. It just made me think, um, uh, a local person told me the other day, there's a wellness center in town that they're not set up yet, but they're gonna have deprivation tanks. I've always been interested. I've just never had access to one. But once they're set up, because I'm going to make an appointment down there to try it out. Yeah, I've also never done that, but it sounds like a, on this theme. It sounds exactly like on this theme. Ultimate stillness when you have no yeah. input at all. 
Guys, I am um, <clears throat> very grateful for what you put on the table. Um, I don't have anything more to add. Uh, if either of you has anything more you want to say, then. So in the spirit of uh, in bulk and this uh, pregnant pause that all of us are living in. Um, thank you for this moment of silence and thank you for your reflections and your presence here. And um, I'm gonna be having a conversation March 2nd, so in a month with a woman who is um, working with with couples on conscious conception. So the idea of actually spending time in the pre in the pre stages of actually consciously becoming not just sexual but consciously becoming creative around new life and uh, for me that relates to this theme and I'm um, I'm pretty excited about having that conversation. So I hope you can join me for that. Thank you very much for, for being here and offering what you have. And for anybody who's listening, um, you can send comments to, um, to me and I can share them with the other men who've been on this call. Take care, signing off. Bye-bye.